Greetings, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of this freaky show. I am your host, Travesty, and alongside me is the Freak Joe. This evening we're going to continue along with our uh, haunted celebration of the spooky season that is Halloween. We're going to talk about horror movies that are coming out in 2024, and the Freak Show and I will give a rating of what we think it will be. Yeah, that's all I got. I love it. Uh, I said it. You know, I, I feel like I get the voice a lot better in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't I quite uh, lubricated the voice, like, well enough. Mm-hmm. But at the same, same time, I feel like I really got a cough because I haven't broken anything up yet. Yep. <clears throat> but um, the month of October has gone by really, really quick this year. And uh, I'm not sure why we're already October 21st as we record this episode. I know. It's nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's sad because it is almost over because it's my favorite month and everything. But it's amazing because of all the content we've have been able to release, not only here in our audio platform, but also over on our YouTube channel. Um, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you go to Freaknet Studios over on YouTube and check out all our amazing uh, cemetery vlogs that Joe and I did over the uh, course of our Wisconsin trip. Um, I believe as of right now, uh, there are eight of ten that have been released. Uh, the other two will be released this coming week with uh, a, a quick little bonus of uh, vlog released on Halloween of a couple extra places we checked out while we were up in Wisconsin. So yeah. uh, if you enjoy listening to us talk about spooky things, then maybe you'll enjoy watching us talk about spooky things as we physically visit these haunted cemeteries throughout Wisconsin. Uh, as well as the Indiana and Illinois ones we did previously, and those playlists are also available over on our Freaknet Studios uh, YouTube channel. Make sure you do subscribe, hit the notification bell, so you know when those uh, videos are coming out. Um, Joe, like I mentioned, I want to kind of talk about the uh, the horror movies that are coming out in 2024. Uh, we kind of that's kind of a, a norm for us uh, during uh, this freaky show to kind of talk about the. Horror movies that are coming out uh, the following year. Granted, I'm not a big horror movie fan, but uh, you 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 don't mind uh, the horror movie now and I, then, do you? I love a horror movie. I love a horror movie. I don't get to watch them very often because uh, my my wife does not like horror movies. Actually, it's not even that she doesn't like them. She just has a very vivid uh, how do I want to put it? Dreamscape that's very very influenced by whatever she watches before bed. So. And you I can't gotcha. watch a horror movie during the day. It just isn't right. Yeah. No, I it's it, it I I don't know why I can't enjoy certain horror movies. I, and I know we've t- I know I've talked about it here about like why why certain horror movies freak me out. And I think it's because like it's more of like the reality ones that can freak me out. But mm-hmm. it's it's not entirely true because I don't honestly believe in this well Without having proof, I guess I can't believe in it, but like I don't think anyone's going to enter my my dreams and kill me in my sleep. Right. But Nightmare on Elm Street is 
something that freaks me out to the point of not trying. Um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a defenseless teenage girl, so I don't know why I can't watch Scream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't own dolls, so I don't know why child play freaks me out. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, yeah, I just, I don't. You could, you could own dolls, though. You know, I'm not so. gonna lie, I actually do have a closet full of vintage dolls that, uh, me and my mom, uh, bought up to sell, to resell. Um, so I guess technically I do. So if, I mean, if John Wayne ever wants to come to life and try to shoot me with a little toy gun, like in the, uh, you know, like Toy Story or, uh, what's the, uh, what's the, the one where the soldiers come to life? Toy soldiers. Toy Soldiers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or Indian in the Cupboard, I guess, could be a good, which is also a fantastic <laughs> movie that I've not seen in such a long time. I can't remember the last time I watched that movie. I hope it holds up. <sighs> I feel like it has to. I, I I think they made a sequel, though, and if they did, I'll never watch that. Um, Same. Yeah. But I do want to talk about some of the uh, horror movies that are coming out. I found a list of the top 15 that are coming out next year, and... We'll run through those and we'll give our ratings. Um, I'm not sure how our rating system was last year, but I don't know. Maybe we'll just make one up. Who cares? Uh, we don't really follow up on them. I don't think we've ever done that, but whatever. No, I don't think so either. Nah, nah. But our true listeners know. The, the true yeah. listeners would understand. And, of course, uh, we have another uh, story from the Freak Joe, our Freaky Tales. will be uh, read at the end of the uh, this episode. But before we dive into any of that, I want to remind you all that this episode is brought to you by CarterComics.com. It's your one-stop shop for all your comic needs, whether it be graded or raw. Carter Comics has got them all. All you got to do is go to CarterComics.com, check out their amazing site, fill your card up with all their amazing products. And at checkout, use the discount code FREAKNET, that's F-R-E-A-K-N-E-T. You'll save 10% on your entire order. <clears throat> Not just at their website, but also on their four different eBay accounts. Links to all those can be found on their homepage at cartercomics.com. Now, if you go to the website, if you go to the eBay accounts and you start seeing products you like all over the place, reach out to them, tell them, hey, I went through all these places, I found all these uh, comics, but I'd like to buy them all together. They will work with you on it. <clears throat> Excuse me. As a mom and pop shop, it's awesome that they're able to do things like that. You know, these bigger brands and everything. It's like, well, if you see it here, you got to buy it here. And if you see it here, you know. At CarterComics.com, they will work with you to buy everything as a bundle and ship it to you as a bundle. Plus, our discount code of 10% off using FreakNet will work with that as well. So check out CarterComics.com. Again, it's your one-stop shop for all your comic needs. Nice. Thanks, man. Great place. Good, 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 good sponsor of ours. It's, Love it. it is the best sponsor. I mean, I don't want to take away from anyone else, but it has been the best sponsor we have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What a good service. What a good service they provide. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's I, I, I've, I've, I've grown to appreciate, uh, Dr. Doug and his wife as, uh, as like, um, it's like family to me. Like I, yeah. you know, like like they're there for me, and they also give me money. <laughs> yeah, nice. 
Um, but no, they, they, they are fantastic. And, uh, shout out to them. Hoping they're enjoying the spooky season as much as we are. And, uh, yes, thank you for everything you do for us. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to do these cemetery vlogs that we have been doing. It's been fantastic. And also thank you for allowing us to sleep in separate hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is a perk. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Not that I wouldn't mind sharing a hotel room with you, Joe, but I know my snoring will keep you awake, and I don't want to do that to you. Plus, I like sleeping naked. I'm not going to change that. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I will say, though, I do not like the fact that uh, our hotel rooms are on completely, like, opposite parts of, like, the hotels. Yeah, that was weird. I would love, like, if a hotel, like, if I booked two rooms in a hotel, that you would put those rooms next to each other. Yeah. It would be convenient. Yeah. Yeah, that way, that way, like, you know, if I wanted to, you know, go grab breakfast and see if you wanted to go grab breakfast, I'd come over and knock on your door instead of, you know, walking down the stairs away from everything just to, and it's like, no, I'm not doing that. Especially first thing in the morning when my back is already killing me. Plus, if you're right next to me, I wouldn't walk into the wrong room, you know, by accident. Again, shout out to that family that I walked into the wrong room of on our last trip. And that story is told on one of our previous episodes. You can go check that out. Mm-hmm. That was wild. I, I can't believe that happened. I know. And I'm, I'm glad I haven't heard from anything about that. Uh, Fandango.com released top 15 horror movies that released in 2024. Uh, Joe, I'm just going to read you the name of the, uh, the movie, uh, when it's going to be released. Uh, I don't think it really cares who's starring in it, who's directing it and all that. I'm just going to read you a brief synopsis of well at least the description that they have on here and um i don't know what uh what 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 do you think our uh our rating system should be maybe we should let's let's create a rate uh range um mm-hmm. good question uh, i mean I I, I I i think i have a rating system but it would really work more for you because you're the horror movie guy What's your what's your rating system? So mine would be uh, Freaky Scream, as in I would love to go see it, or Freaky Dream, which will probably put me to sleep, so I'll pass. Mmm. All right. I like that. I like that a lot. I was okay. just going to rate it on a scale of bats. So, Ooh. like one to five bats or something. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> let, you, I'll let you choose. What would you want I like? Do? I like Freaky Scream, Freaky Dream. That seems great. Gotcha. Right? It's kind of like the Corona thing. Yeah. 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 Okay, we'll do that. Um, and I'll, I'll participate too. Um, like I said, even though I'm not a big fan of horror movies, maybe one will pique my interest. I do, I, ha- I have seen Saw. So, and, uh, what's that? What's that? White Noise? Was that, is that the one? That sounds know. right. That's the one, like, did we, is that the one where we all watched it together? Like, uh, at our parents' house, like a long ass time ago. And, like, we thought it was like, it said it was based on a true story. And we believed it until we saw it was an alternate ending. No, I don't remember that at all. Mm. Yeah, it's like, well, it's like, uh, well, there's a movie, and I'm pretty sure it's White Noise, where, like, they have a video camera in, like, their bedroom, and it videos them, like, like it's like basically shot like a vlog. And, like, while they're sleeping, shit happens, like, in the middle of the night. Is that not... Is that different from Paranormal Activity? That's what I'm thinking of. There we go. Thank you. Paranormal Activity. Is that the movie that we saw as a group at our, at our parents' house? I I really genuinely don't remember. Okay. 
Sorry. I just remember, I, I remember, no, you're fine, man. Hey, don't apologize for nothing. I don't know if that's an oxy, I don't know if that's even no, right. that works. whatever. Yeah, yeah, it, it pans out. Um, I just remember there was a group, there was a movie we watched like as a group. It was like, I think it was like you, Houston, Michael, Ashley, me, Sherry, I think Corinne, Derek, maybe Jason. It was like a big group of us watching this movie. And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's paranormal activity. And I remember us like, you know, talking like, oh, it's based on a real story or based on true events and blah, 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 blah. And then the movie plays out and at the end it's like, they do the credits and at the, and then after the credits it's like, alternate ending. Like what? That's hilarious. Yeah. So, but yeah, paranormal activity. Thank you, Joe. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. Yeah. So, paranormal activity has three super scary alternate endings according to this title, uh, headline. Perfect. Based on true events, but uh, it ended differently. Excellent, fantastic. Uh, first, uh, first movie on the list here. Uh, we have Night Swim. Uh, we've heard many of horror movie characters warn, "Don't go into water at night," but those are usually about open bodies of water. In Night Swim, the aquatic terror haunts a backyard swimming pool. Night Swim is produced by James Wayne and Jason Blum, so you know you're in for a scary good time. So, Night Swim. Uh, it's to be released January 5th, 2024. Gotcha. I've um, I seen this one on a lot of lists of horror movies for next mm-hmm. year. I have not seen the trailer. Uh, my, But I just, I don't know. I'm torn because it sounds like, Something that could be very fun because we always grew up with a pool. Yeah. You know, so on that, on that front, I want to be like, you know, freaky scream. But on the other hand, it seems like it's going to be one of those scary movies that's just about like teenage girls doing teenage girl bullshit. And there's nothing wrong with that if you like it, but it's not generally for me, which makes me want to say freaky dream. Yeah. So I think I'm going to land on freaky dream. I'm probably not going to go see it, but if it shows up on my TV, I'll watch it. Yeah, I'm I'm in the freaky dream side of it just because the the idea of drowning is very real with me. Like, I know how to swim, but like when you're like in an ocean and like either like a wave or a current can take you, or some you know creature in the water can snag you. Boats, not a huge fan of. It's more so because of what you can't see. So I think the idea of like a clear pool is just it's not really intimidating mm-hmm. to me. And like I said, like where they talk about like oh like, you know you're always afraid of like the bodies of water. This is a pool. I'm like ah, a lot of pools you just stand up in, right? And you kind of like walk away. So um, I probably would never see it just because it doesn't sound entertaining to me. But it'll definitely be a freaky dream just because ah, yeah nah. Um, let's do Imaginary, uh, set to release February 2nd, 2024. The thing about Imaginary Friends is they're supposed to be imaginary. One woman's old imaginary friend never quite got the message. When the woman returns to the house where she grew up, she discovers that her childhood imaginary friend is actually real and really, really upset about being abandoned all those years ago. That actually sounds kind of fantastic. I think I'm gonna freaky scream on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same. I have a I have a soft spot for uh, imaginary friends stories because of uh, mm-hmm. Drop Dead Fred. I think. Gotcha. Watched that a lot as a kid. 
So yeah, I'm in <laughs> for you, Scream. Right. It, yeah, because it, it almost has like that spirit ghost vibe, and those those are the movies and shows I'm kind of interested in. You know, yeah. More 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 the docu series, TV shows and stuff. Movies not so much, but like the docu series shows I really love, and that kind of falls into that wheelhouse. Uh, a Quiet Place, day one, uh, set to release March eighth, twenty twenty four. I don't see it having anything to do with John Krasinski, which is interesting. Uh, we've been excited about this one ever since producer John Krasinski announced it at CinemaCon. Okay, I stand corrected within the first sentence. A Quiet Place or A Quiet Place Part 2 showed us what happened when alien creatures came to a small, quiet farming town. What happened down the road in New York City? Lupita Nyong and Joseph Quinn are about to find out. This is more of a spin-off than a sequel to the first two Quiet Place movies. So don't expect many familiar faces. The only returning actor who can confirm at this time is Jimon uh, Usu. Thank you. Who or will? Hansu. I knew it. They left an N out. Oh, so they spelled it wrong. Yeah. Where'd you go, Fandango? Fandango. Ah, uh, Fandango. Uh, who will presumably be given, uh, giving us a little backstory for the man on the island who played in part two. Uh, what do you think, Joe? I So, I am sure that this will be a fantastic movie if you're a fan of The Quiet Place. I have not seen any Quiet Place, so I am freaky dream on this one. Gotcha. I've heard a lot of good things about The Quiet Place. I yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's it. wonderful. I just have yeah. no interest. <laughs> well, the thing, the thing is, like, when I first, up until this moment right now, I didn't know what the monster in The Quiet Place was. In my mind, yeah. I thought it was demons. The fact that now I know it's aliens, I'm not a sci-fi guy, so that kind of turns me off from it. So I'm going to be freaking dream for that reason. Gotcha. Fair enough. Uh, Untitled Universal Monster Movie. Uh, So I guess there's a title to a movie that's coming out in April of next year. How do you... Unless, unless Unless it's literally called Untitled Universal Monster Movie. Yeah. I... I haven't been excited about a monster movie from Universal since The Mummy, maybe The Scorpion King, when I was young enough to like that. Gotcha, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to send that with you. Yeah. <laughs> Even before I read it? Yep. <laughs> well, just for the hell of it, I'll read it. Yeah. Uh, we don't have any concrete information on this yet, but we hear this is a unique take on old school thrillers. It's directed by Matt Ben Bentinelli Open and Tyler Gillette, also known as Radio Silence. The guys who directed the recent Scream movies. They know a little something about taking a new look at an old classic and can't wait to see what they've come up with. I don't know why that's number four on a list of 15, especially the top 15, when they have no idea what the movie's about. They're just, yeah. I guess they're doing it based on the people who are a part of it. I, so... I think I found the same list as you, and I think they're just going in chronological order. Oh, when they release on uh, release uh, out or whatever. Yeah, gotcha. Well, still stupid, freaky dream. Uh, Return to Silent Hill, April twenty sixth, twenty twenty four. The Silent Hill franchise reboot with the story of a man named James, who's lured back to his former hometown with the promise of reuniting with his lost love. The town is returned. 
he returns to appears to have undergone some terrifying changes since he was last there. Or is it that the town is the same, but it's his mental state that's gone off the rails? Oh, see, that sounds... I have, my, I have the same problem with this that I have with The Quiet Place, which is that I haven't seen any other Silent Hill. Is and so I don't have a lot of interest in the franchise. Okay. For that reason, I say Freaky Dream. But uh, I am intrigued by the concept of, like, you can never go home again mm-hmm. because either you've changed or home has changed, but either way, you don't fit in anymore. I love that that concept and stuff. And so that's kind of very fun. Uh, but I'm still Freaky Dream. I, I just don't. I'm not going to go see this. If it shows up on TV, I might watch it. What about you? Um, so I've never seen Silent Hill. I'm trying to remember exactly what it is. And for some reason in my mind, I'm getting the image of like, um, uh, Rob Zombie's movies, like House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff. And like the movies Tremors. Do you remember those? Like the big mm-hmm. worm graboid stuff. So to me, if if I'm remembering it right, uh Silent Hill is like the is it like the the, the like the backwood inbreded people? It's the uh I always think of it as or the, is that the Hills of Eyes. I think that might be the Hills Have Eyes. I think of it okay, so I'm gonna go freaky dream because this is not what I'm thinking. If it was more like Hills Have Eyes, I'm like, you know what, I could kinda get into that. Because gore, I'm kind of into gore, I'm just not into like jump scare thriller shit. Yeah. So I just sent um, you a, a screen grab from I I don't know if it's from a game or from the movie, but and we'll see if it goes through. You never yeah. know. Yeah, but it's uh, the the guy with the pyramid on his head and the big sword, and he's just oh, like wrapped yeah. in a towel. That's yeah, no. that's Silent Hill. Okay, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna go Freaky Dream though. Like I said, if it was like if it was Hills of Eyes, like I'm thinking it is, it sounds pretty cool, but no. Um, let's go with the Watchers, June seventh, twenty twenty four. Dakota Fanny, I haven't heard about her in a while. Yeah, right. Um, is that director's name ring a bell? There's a good reason. Ishana Shemalon is M. Night Shemalon's daughter. Oh. After writing and directing for television and serving as a second unit director on her dad's recent films, she's striking out on her own. The Watchers tell a story of a young woman stranded in a remote forest with strangers trying to survive in a place where mysterious creatures prowl by night. Shaman also described it as a gothic fairy tale. It sounds like The Village. Yeah, a little bit. I'm intrigued, though. Yeah, me too. And I I like Shyamalan for all of his faults. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm intrigued that his daughter's getting into the business. I don't know. I also, there's something about, like, the Watchers. It feels like the Borrowers or the Witches or uh, it has that. Well, yeah, the gothic fairy tale thing. I, I'm in. I have Scary Dream. Or Freaky, Freaky, Freaky Scare. Freaky Scream. It's been so long since we've had a Freaky Scream. I forgot what it was called. Right. Uh, you know, I'd go Freaky Scream on it, too, because I'm interested in see the similarities between her and her dad's uh, work. And stuff. like I said, it sounds a little bit like The Village. I also didn't mind The Village. Yeah, I liked The Village a lot. Uh, horoscope, uh, June 28, 2024. A group of young adult friends have their horoscopes read and start dying in ways that relate to what their charts foretold. Are their fates sealed, or can they change what's in the stars? I, what a stupid concept. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Freaky scream. Um, 
I don't know if I'd get all the way through it, but I definitely freaky scream. I want to see like what it, what's it about. Yeah, get it started. I, I you know, I, I would love a trailer. A trailer would help me really decide. But, but yeah, it sounds a lot like Final Destination or whatever. I love all yes. the Final Destinations. That's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, it kind of has like a, like, like not so much like, you know, like they're supposed to die and didn't. It's, you know, you're going to die. So what are they going to do to prevent those deaths from happening? And of course, you're going to get like a couple douchebag guys in there who be like, man, this is all just fake. And it's a coincidence. And then he just dies instantly, like when that woman got ran over by the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan uh, is releasing a movie as well called Trapped on August 2nd, 2024. Shyamalan has been pretty l- tight-lipped about his next movie project. The only He's only said that Trapped is a psychological thriller, uh, that it takes place at a concert, and that it's different from what you've you've come to expect from him. All right. It's uh, from what we've come to expect. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not a big psychological thriller guy. I think I mentioned that several times. Uh, but I do like Shyamalan. But what is different? I don't know. Yeah, right? I'm going to freaky scream because i got to see what it's about. Yeah. I was looking to see I had I had seen a, a screenshot with this earlier, not on this website, that was suggesting that like um Batista might be in it. And if I okay. could confirm that, I would definitely be freaky scream. But I think on this one I'm gonna yeah, I'll say I'll say freaky scream. I'm intrigued. I would like to see a trailer before I you know, really decide if I'll go see it. But yeah. I'm intrigued. Uh Alien Romulus. Uh, released August, it's gonna be released August 16, 2024. The Alien franchise returns with a standalone feature following young adults who face off with terrifying life forms. We've seen some pretty scary creatures from the other films in the franchise, so we're excited to see what the Aliens Romulus team has cooked up to stop them. Um, yeah, I, so I, I'm just not, it's like with all of these, I'm just not a big, I haven't seen any of the Alien franchise. I haven't seen much of the Predator franchise. Mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. Um, young people from a distant world. Okay. I was hoping, so like I, I, I had heard that like the uh, the recent Predator movie that came out last year, Prey, I think it was called, was fantastic. Okay. And so I was hoping that like this is Alien but set in ancient Rome. I would be very intrigued by that, and I would say Freaky Scream. Unfortunately for me, with no other information, I'm going to have to say Freaky Freaky Dream, because I just, I just haven't watched any Alien movies, so I'm not sure I'd go see this one. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm definitely on the Freaky Dream boat, just because, again, it's, it's sci-fi stuff, and I'm just not really interested in it. Um, yeah. I'm just I've never been like big into aliens. I saw World of the Worlds in theaters, and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing here? You know, and I've, I've seen Predator, and the only reason I enjoyed Predator is because I was watching it with my dad. And it's like one of those nostalgia things. It's like, who cool, I get to sit down and, you know, my dad thinks I'm old enough now to see, you know, this movie and stuff. And, nice. Um, but really, yeah, other than that, I just, I just, I don't get into like aliens and like, you know, outer space shit. I just, it's just not for me. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do this last one. Um, just because this is kind of a cool one to end on, and then uh, we can do the freaky tales. 
Uh, number 10 is Beetlejuice 2. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm in a freaky, freaky scream. I'm in. <laughs> right? Don't even need, don't even need the description. Uh, someone somewhere must have said Beetlejuice three times because he's back. We will never, will neither confirm nor deny being that someone. Also back is director Tim Burton, Michael Keaton, Catherine O'Hara, Winona Ryder, composer Danny Elfman. They're joined by the likes of Jenna Ortega, William Defoe, Justin Thoreau and Monica Bellucci for what promises to be a frightening good time. Uh, side note, in post-production, these movies are having the finishing touches put on them. We, okay, that's the 11 through 15, but I don't care about that. We're yeah. ending here with 10. And obviously, yes, freaky scream because it's nostalgia at this point. Absolutely. And I love they got the same, well, maybe not the same, but they have several of the original cast back. Mm-hmm. I'm about it. I'm I'm in. I really loved the first one. I I think it's very fun. So yeah, yeah, Come yeah. I just, as long as it holds up, I just yeah. really I, like, I, I really I want it to come back. I want it to be like this sequel is no different than the movie that was made before. Like I don't want it to accommodate for like 2023. I want I want what it is. Yeah, I want I want dirty right. shitty Beetlejuice. Yeah, my hope is that the original cast wouldn't be coming back if it wasn't at least as good. Yeah. You know, especially since, I mean, these are people with, like, Michael Keaton, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, all very uh-huh. successful right now. Oh, yeah. So they yeah. have they kind of the pick of things. And so yeah. hopefully this is something that they're choosing because it's the right time and the right script. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. But when, when did the original Beetlejuice come out? Oh, I don't know. Late 80s, maybe? Yeah. Awesome. Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, 1988. All right, perfect. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so those are, those are the top 10, or at least the 10 that we found uh, for 2024. There's five more, but we don't care. Um, What we do care about is that uh, the Freak Joe is going to share the next freaky tale with us so joe whenever you're ready uh the floor and uh podcast is yours excellent so this one is the last house in c street by mrs craig i'm not a believer in ghosts in general i see no good in them they come that is are reported to come so irrelevant irrelevantly purposelessly so ridiculously in short that one's common sense as regards this world, one's supernatural sense of the other, are alike revolted. Then, nine out of ten capital ghost stories are so easily accounted for, and in the tenth, when all natural explanation fails, one who has discovered the extraordinarily uh, difficulty there, extraordinary difficulty there is in all society in getting hold of that very slippery article called a fact, is strongly inclined to shake a dubious head, ejaculating... Evidence! A question of evidence! But my unbelief springs from no dogged or contemptuous skepticism as to the possibility, however great the improbability, of that strange impression upon or communication to spirit and matter, from spirit wholly immaterialized, which is vulgarly called a ghost. There's no credulity more blind, no ignorance more childish than that of the sage who tries to measure heaven and earth and the things under the earth with a small two-foot rule of his own brains. 
Dare we presume to argue concerning any mystery of the universe? It is inexplicable and therefore impossible. Premising these opinions, though simply as opinions, I'm about to relate what I must confess is to me a thorough ghost story. Its external and circumstantial evidence being indisputable, while its psychological causes and results, though not easy of explanation, are still more difficult to be explained away. The ghost, like Hamlet's, was an honest ghost. From her daughter, an old lady who, bless her good and gentle memory, has since learned the secrets of all things, I learned this variable tale, veritable tale. My dear, said Mrs. MacArthur to me, it was in the early days of table moving, when young folk ridiculed and elder folk were shocked at the notion of calling up one's departed ancestors into one's dinner table, and learning the wonders of the angelic world by the bobbings of a hat or the twirlings of a plate. My dear, continued the old lady, I do not like playing at ghosts. Why not? Do you believe in them? A little. Did you ever see one? Never, but once I heard. She looked serious, as if she hardly liked to speak about it either from a sense of awe or from fear of ridicule. But no one could have laughed at any illusions of the gentle old lady, who never uttered a harsh or satirical word to a living soul, and this evident awe was rather remarkable in one who had a large stock of common sense, little wonder, and no ideality. I was rather curious to hear Mrs. MacArthur's ghost story. My dear, it was a long time ago, so long that you may fancy I forget and confuse the circumstances. But I do not. Sometimes I think one recollects more clearly things that happened in one's teens. I was eighteen that year, then a great many nearer events. And besides, I had other reasons for remembering vividly everything belonging to this time. For I was in love, you must know. She looked at me with a mild, deprecating smile, as if hoping my youthfulness would not consider the thing so very impossible or ridiculous. No, I was in all interest at once. In love with Mr. In love with Mr. MacArthur, I said, scarcely as a question, being at that Arcadian time of life when one takes a, as a natural necessity and believes as an undoubted truth that everyone marries his first or second love, uh, his or her first love. Excuse me. No, my dear, not with Mr. MacArthur. I was so astonished, so completely dumbfounded, for I had woven a sort of ideal round my good old friend that I suffered Mrs. MacArthur to knit in silence for full five minutes. My surprise was not lessened when she said with a little smile, He was a young gentleman of good parts, and he was very fond of me. Proud, too, rather. For though you might not think it, my dear, I was actually a beauty in those days. I had very little doubt of it. The slight, lithe figure, the tiny hands and feet. If you had walked behind Mrs. MacArthur, you might have taken her for a young woman still. Certainly, people lived slower and easier in the last generation than in ours. Yes, I was the beauty of Bath. Mr. Everest fell in love with me right uh, there. I was much gratified, for I had just been reading Mrs. Burney's Cecilia, and I thought him exactly like Mortimer, Del Mortimer Delville. A very pretty tale, Cecilia. Did you ever read it? No. And to arrive at her tale, I leaped to the only conclusion which could reconcile the two facts of her having had a lover named Everest and being now Mrs. MacArthur. Was it his ghost you saw? No, my dear, no. Thank goodness he is alive still. He calls here sometimes. He has been a good friend to our family. Ah! With a slow shake of the head, half pleased, half pensive. You would hardly believe, my dear, what a pretty fellow he was. 
One could scarcely smile at the odd phrase pertaining to last-century novels and to the loves of our great-grandmothers. I listened patiently to the wandering reminiscences which still further delayed the ghost story. But, Mrs. MacArthur, was it in Bath that you saw or heard what I think you're going to tell me, the ghost, you know? Don't call it that. It sounds as if you were laughing at it. And you must not, for it is really true, as true as that I sit here, an old lady of seventy-five, and then that I was a that then I was a young gentlewoman of eighteen. Nay, my dear, I will tell you all about it. We had been staying in London, my father and mother, Mr. Everest, and I. He had persuaded them to take me. He wanted to show me a little of the world, though it was but a narrow world, my dear, for he was a law student, living poorly and working hard. He took lodgings for us near the temple, in C Street, the last house there, looking on, on, on to the river. He was very fond of the river, and often of evenings, when his work was too heavy to let uh, him take us to Ranelagh or to the play, he used to walk with my father and mother and me up and down the temple gardens. Were you ever in the temple gardens? It's a pretty place now, a quiet, gray nook in the midst of a noise and bustle. The stars look wonderful through those great trees. But still, it is not like what it was then, when I was a girl. Ah, no, impossible. I was in Temple Gardens, my dear, when I remember we took our last walk, my mother, Mr. Everest, and I, before she went home to Bath. She was very anxious and restless to go, being too delicate for London gaieties. Besides, she had a large family at home, of which I was the eldest, and we were anxiously expecting the youngest in a month or two. Nevertheless, my dear mother had gone about with me, taking me to all the shows and sights that I, a hearty and happy girl, longed to see, and entered into them uh, with almost as great enjoyment as my own. But tonight she was pale, rather grave, and steadfastly bent on returning home. We did all we could to persuade her to the contrary, for on the next night but one was to have been the for on the next night but one was to have been the crowning treat of all our London pleasures. We were to see Hamlet at Drury Lane with John Kemble and Sarah Siddons. Think of that, my dear. Ah, you have no such sights now. Even my grave father longed to go, and urged in his mild way that we should put off our departure. But my mother was determined. At last, Mr. Everest said, I could show you the very spot where he stood with the river. It was high water, lapping against the wall, and the evening sun shining on the souther houses opposite. He said, it was very wrong, of course, my dear, but then he was in love, and you might be excused. Madam, he said, it is the first time I ever knew you think of yourself alone. Myself, Edmund? Pardon me, but would it not be possible for you to return home, leaving behind for two days only Mr. Thwaite and Mistress Dorothy? Leave them behind. Leave them behind. She mused over the words. What say you, Dorothy? I was silent. In very truth, I had never been parted from her in all my life. I had never crossed my mind to wish to part from her, or to enjoy any pleasure without her, till... till within the last three months. Mother, don't suppose I... But here I caught sight of Mr. Everest and stopped. Pray continue, Mrs. Dorothy. No, I could not. I looked. He looked so vexed, so hurt, and we had been so happy together. Also, we might not meet again for years, for the journey between London and Bath was then a serious one, even to lovers, and he worked very hard, had few pleasures in his life. It did indeed seem almost selfish of my mother. Though my lips said nothing, perhaps my sad eyes said only too much, and my mother felt it. 
She walked with us a few yards, slowly and thoughtfully. I could see her now, with her pale, tired face under the cherry-colored ribbons of her hood. She had been very handsome as a young woman, and was most sweet-looking still. My dear, good mother. Dorothy, we will no more discuss this. I am very sorry, but I must go home. However, I will persuade your father to remain with you to the week's end. Are you satisfied? No, was the first filial impulse of my heart, but Mr. Everest pressed my arm with such an entreating look that almost against my will I answered, Yes. Mr. Everest overwhelmed my mother with his delight and gratitude. She walked up and down for some time longer, leaning on his arm. She was very fond of him, then looked toward, stood looking on the river, upwards and downwards. I suppose this is my last walk in London. Thank you all for the care you have taken of me, and when I am gone home, mind, oh mind, Edmund, that you take special care of Dorothy. These words and the tone in which they were spoken fixed themselves in my mind, first from gratitude, not unmingled with regret, as if I had not been so considerate to her as she to me, afterwards, but we often err, my dear, in dwelling too much on that word. We finite creatures have only to deal with now, nothing whatever to do with afterwards. In this case, I have ceased to blame myself or others. Whatever was being past was right to be, and could not have been otherwise. My mother went home the next morning alone. We were to follow in a few days, though she would not allow us to fix any time. Her departure was so hurried that I remember nothing about it, save her answer to my father's urgent desire, almost command, that if anything was amiss, she would immediately let him know. Under all circumstances, wife, he reiterated, this you promise? I promise. Though when she had gone, he declared she need not have said it so earnestly, since we should be at home almost as soon as the slow bath coach could take her and bring us a letter. And besides, there was nothing likely to happen. But he fidgeted a good deal, being unused to her absence and their happy wedded life. He was, like most men, glad to blame anybody but himself, and the whole day and the next was crossed at intervals with both Edmund and me. But we bore it, and patiently. It will be all right when we get him to the theater. He has no real cause for anxiety about her. What a dear woman she is, and a precious, your mother, Dorothy. I rejoiced to hear my lover speak thus, and though I thought there were hardly ever was young gentlewoman so blessed as I. We went to the play. Ah, you know nothing of what a play is nowadays. You never saw John Kemble or Mrs. Siddons. Though in dresses and shows, it was far inferior to the hamlet you took me to see last week, my dear. And though I perfectly well remember being on the point of laughing when in the most solemn scene it became clearly evident that the ghost had been drinking. Strangely enough, no after events connected therewith, nothing subsequent ever drove from my mind the vivid impression of this first play. Strange also that the play should have been Hamlet. Do you think that Shakespeare believed in, in what people call ghosts? I could not say, but I thought Mrs. MacArthur's ghost uh, was very long in coming. Don't, my dear, don't do anything but laugh at it. She was visibly affected, and it was not without an effort that she proceeded with her story. I wish you to understand exactly my position that night. A young girl, her head full of the enchantment of the stage, her heart of something not less engrossing. Mr. Everest had supped with us, leaving us both in the best of spirits. Indeed, my father had gone to bed, laughing heartily at the remembrance of the antics of Mr. Grimaldi, which had almost obliterated the Queen and Hamlet from his memory, on which the ridiculous always took a far stronger hold than the awful or sublime. I was sitting, 
let me see. At the window, chatting with my maid, Patty, who was brushing the powder out of my hair. The window was open halfway and looking out on the Thames, and the summer night being very warm and starry made it almost like sitting out of doors. There was nothing of the awe given by the solitude of a midnight closed room, when every sound is magnified and every shadow seems alive. As I said, we had been chatting and laughing, for Patty and I were both very young, and she had a sweetheart, too. She, like every one of our household, was a warm admirer of Mr. Everest. I had just been half-scolding, half-smiling at her praises of him, when St. Paul's great clock came booming over the silent river. Eleven, counted Patty. Terrible late we be, Miss Dorothy, not unlike bath hours, I reckon. Mother will have been in bed an hour ago, said I, with a little self-reproach at not having thought of her till now. The next minute my maid and I both started up with simultaneous exclamation. Did you hear that? Yes, a bat flying against the window. But the lattices are open, Mrs. Dorothy. So they were. There was no bird or bat or living thing about, only the quiet summer night, the river and the stars. I be sure, certain sure I heard it, and I think it was like, just a bit like, somebody tapping. Nonsense, Patty. But it struck me thus, though I said it was a bat, it was exactly like the sound of fingers against the pane. Very soft, gentle fingers, such as in passing into her flower garden, my mother used often to tap outside the schoolroom casement at home. I wonder, did father hear anything? It, the bird, you know, Patty, might have flown at this window, too? His window, too? Oh, Mistress Dorothy, Patty would not be deceived. I gave her the brush to finish my hair, but her hand shook too much. I shut the window when we both sat down facing it. At that minute, distinct, clear, and unmistakable, like a person giving a summons and passing by, we heard once more the tapping on the pane, but nothing was seen. Not a single shadow came between us and the open air, the bright starlight. Startled I was and awed, but I was not frightened. The sound gave me even an inexplicable delight. But I hardly timed to recognize my feelings, less, much less to analyze them, when a loud cry came from my father's room. Dolly! Dolly! Now my mother and I both had one name, but he always gave her the old-fashioned pet name. I was invariably Dorothy. Still, I did not pause to think, but ran to his locked door and answered. It was a long time before he took any notice, though I heard him talking to himself and moaning. He was subject to bad dreams, especially before his attacks of gout. So my first alarm lightened. I stood listening, knocking at intervals until at last he replied, "'What do you want, child?' Is anything the matter, father? Nothing. Go to thy bed, Dorothy. Did you not call? Do you want anyone? Not thee. Oh, Dolly, my poor Dolly. He seemed to be almost sobbing. Why did I let thee leave me? Father, you are not going to be ill. It is not the gout, is it? For that was the time when he wanted my mother most, and indeed when he was wholly unmanageable by anyone but her. Go away. Get to thy bed, girl. I don't want thee. I thought he was angry with me for having been in some sort of cause or of our delay, and retired very miserable. Patty and I sat up a good while longer, discussing the dreary prospect of my father's having a fit of the gout here in London lodgings, with only us to nurse him and my mother away. Our alarm was so great that we quite forgot the curious circumstance which had first attracted us, till Patty spoke up from her bed on the floor. I hope Master bint going to be very ill, and that, you know, came for a warning. Do you think it was a bird, Mrs. Dorothy? 
Very likely. Now, Patty, let us go to sleep. But I did not, for all night I heard my father groaning at intervals. I was certain it was the gout, and wished from the bottom of my heart we had gone home with my mother. What, what was my surprise then? When, quite early, I heard him rise and go down, just as if nothing was ailing him. I found him sitting at the breakfast table in his traveling coat, looking very haggard and miserable, but evidently bent on a journey. Father, you're not going to bath. Yes, I be. Not till the evening coach starts, I cried, alarmed. We can't, you know. I'll take a post-chase, then. We must be off in an hour. An hour? The cruel pain of parting. My dear, I believe I used to feel things keenly when I was young. Shot through me. Through and through. A single hour, and I should have said goodbye to Edmund, one of those heartbreaking farewells when we seemed to leave half of our poor young life behind us, forgetting that the only real parting is when there is no love left to part from. A few years, and I wondered how I could have crept away and wept in such intolerable agony at the mere bidding goodbye to Edmund, Edmund, who loved me. Every minute seemed a day till he came in, as usual, to breakfast. My red eyes and my father's corded trunk explained all. Dr. Thwaite, you are not going. Yes, I be, repeated my father. He sat moodily, leaning on the table, and would not taste his breakfast. Not till the night coach, surely. I was to take you and Mistress Dorothy to see Dr. Uh, Mr. Benjamin West, the king's painter. Let kings and painters alone, lad. I'm I be going home to my dolly. Mr. Everest used many arguments, gay and grave, upon which I hung with earnest conviction and hope. He made things so clear always. He was a man of much brighter parts than my father, and had great influence over him. Dorothy, he whispered, help me to persuade the doctor. It is so little time I beg for, only a few hours, and before so long a parting. I, longer than he thought, or I. Children, cried my father at last, you are a couple of fools. Wait till you've been married twenty years. I must go to my dolly. I know there is something amiss at home. I should have felt alarmed, but I saw Mr. Everest smile. And besides, I was yet glowing under his fond look as my father spoke of our being married twenty years. Father, you have surely no reason for thinking this. If you have, tell us. My father just lifted his head and looked me woefully in the face. Dorothy. Last night, as sure as I see you now, I saw your mother. Is that all? cried Mr. Everest, laughing. Why, my good sir, of course you did. You were dreaming. I had not gone to sleep. How did you see her? Coming into the room just as she used to do in the bedroom at home, with a candle in her hand and the baby asleep on her arm. Did she speak? asked Mr. Everest, with another and rather satirical smile. Remember, you saw Hamlet last night. Indeed, sir. Indeed, Dorothy. It was a mere dream. I do not believe in ghosts. It would be an insult to common sense, to human wisdom, nay, even to divinity itself. Edmund spoke so earnestly, so justly, so affectionately, that perforce I agreed, and even my father began to feel rather ashamed of his own weakness. He, a physician, the head of a family, to yield to a mere superstitious fancy— "'springing probably from a hot supper and an overexcited brain. "'To the same cause Mr. Everest attributed the other incident, "'which, somewhat hesitatingly, I told him. "'Dear, it was a bird, nothing but a bird. "'One flew in at my window last spring. "'It had hurt itself, and I kept it and nursed it and petted it. "'It was such a pretty, gentle thing. "'It put me in mind of Dorothy. "'Did it?' said I. 
and at last it got well and flew away. Ah, that was not like Dorothy. Thus my father, being persuaded, it was not hard to persuade me. We settled to remain till evening. Edmund and I, with my maid Patty, went about together, chiefly in Mr. West's gallery and in the quiet shade of our favorite temple gardens. And if for those four stolen hours of the sweetness in them I afterwards suffered untold remorse and bitterness, I have entirely forgiven myself, as I know my dear mother would have forgiven me long ago. Mrs. MacArthur stopped, wiped her eyes, and then continued, speaking more in the matter-of-fact way that old people speak than she had been doing lately. Well, my dear, where was I? In the temple gardens. Yes, yes. Well, we came home to dinner. My father always enjoyed his dinner and his nap afterwards. He had nearly recovered himself now, only looking tired from loss of rest. Edmund and I sat in the window, watching the barges and wherries down the Thames. There were no steamboats then, you know. Someone knocked at the door with a message for my father, but he slept so heavily he did not hear. Mr. Everest went to see what it was. I stood at the window. I remember mechanically watching the red sail of a Margaret Hoy that was going down the river, and thinking with a sharp pang how dark the room seemed, in a moment with Edmund not there. Re-entering after a somewhat long absence, he never looked at me but went straight to my father. Sir, it is almost time for you to start. Oh, Edmund, there is a coach at the door, and pardon me, but I think you should travel quickly. My father sprang to his feet. Dear sir, indeed, there is no need for anxiety now, but I have received news. You have another little daughter, sir, and... Dolly! My Dolly! Without another word, my father rushed away without his hat, leaped into the post chaise and was waiting, that was waiting, and drove off. Edmund! I gasped. My poor little girl, my own Dorothy. By the tenderness of his embrace, not lover-like, but brother-like, by his tears, for I could feel them on my neck, I knew, as well as if he had told me, that I should never see my dear mother any more. She had died in childbirth, continued the old lady after a long pause, died at night, at the very hour and minute when I had heard the tapping on the window pane, and my father had thought he saw her coming into the room with the baby on her arm. Was the baby dead too? They thought so then, but afterwards it revived. What a strange story. I did not ask you to believe in it. How and why, that what it was, I cannot tell. I only know that it is, was assuredly so. And Mr. Everest, I inquired after some hesitation. The old lady shook her head. Ah, oh, my dear, you will soon learn how very, very seldom one marries one's first love. After that day, I did not see Mr. Everest for twenty years. How wrong! How! Don't blame him. It was not his fault. You see, after that time, my father took a prejudice against him. Not unnatural, perhaps. And she was not there to make things straight. Besides, my own conscience was very sore, and there were six children at home, and the little baby had no mother. So at last I made up my mind. I should have loved him just the same if we had waited twenty years, but he could not see things so. Don't blame him, blame him my dear. Don't blame him. It was as well, perhaps, as things turned out. Did he marry? Yes, after a few years, and loved his wife dearly. When I was about one and thirty, I married Mr. MacArthur. So neither of us was unhappy, you see. At least, not more so than most people. And we became sincere friends afterwards. Mr. and Mrs. Everest come to see me almost every Sunday. Why, you foolish child, you are not crying. I, I was, but scarcely at the ghost story.
the end. Solid, John. Yeah. You know, it, it, there was a question I wanted to ask you last episode, and I forgot to. But now that I remembered, I'm going to ask you this time. Clearly, when you read this freaky tale here, we get like we get like a full package of narrative from you, you know, okay, characters and voices and stuff like that. Do you do this stuff when you read to yourself? Uh, uh, do I? Yeah, I think so. God, perfect. Solid story. So. Great read, Joe. Thank you. What uh, what uh, what are you freaking thinking about? Oh boy! So there is a show on Netflix called The Fall of the House of Usher. And it is uh, the full narrative, the full eight episodes, is sort of uh, loosely based on Edgar Allan Poe's story, The Fall of the House of Usher. But Excellent. each individual episode is also based on a, an Edgar Allan Poe's story. So there's like The Telltale Heart and The Pitch and the Pendulum, uh, Pit and the Pendulum, Um and some other one, the murder in the Rue morgue, and it is excellent. It is so freaking good. Um, I highly recommend it if you like horror. Um, even if you don't like horror, uh, it's it's very it's very contemporary, very um, on the nose about the uh, uh, like opioid epidemic, things like that, and uh, about how rich people seem to get away with everything all the time. Mm-hmm. And the the cast is absolutely fantastic. Um, I highly recommend it. It's called The Fall of the House of Usher. It's about eight – I think it's eight episodes. It's on Netflix, and um, it's wonderful. I, I highly recommend. So what about you? What are you freaking thinking about? Well, Joe, I'm also freaking thinking about a Netflix show. I haven't started it yet. I just found out about it this morning. But uh, it's called Winona Earp. Oh, all right. Have you heard of it? I think so. Yeah, it's I again. I just found out about it today. Uh, I was thumbing through TikTok, and this uh, clip came up. And after I searched, I found out where it was from. But from my understanding of it, it's like it's it's a distant relative of Wyatt Earp. His granddaughter is. <clears throat> Hunting like the demons or the spirits of like the people like Wyatt Earp have taken down or some shit like that. Oh, interesting. Uh, so it kind of has like a feeling of, you know, ghost or like, you know, ghosts and spirits and stuff, which I do enjoy, but also like it's based out in like, like the family farm and the area and stuff. I think it's Wyoming. Um, so it has like that feel to it too. So. Uh, I'm excited to start it and see how it is. I think there's only four seasons of it, and it got canceled, and I think there's only like 12 or 13 episodes per season, so it's not – it won't take me long to get through it, but I'm excited to kind of see what it's about. And I guess uh, uh, she like either partners up with or meets Doc Holliday, who made an agreement uh, for his law, his eternal life many years ago, and that's why he still exists or whatever. Wild. But I'm excited to see it and see uh, see what kind of episode it is. Hopefully, uh, it's definitely something I enjoy. So yeah, nice. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Joe. Yes. During uh, this freaky show, our month long celebration of Halloween, Cartoon Joe kind of takes a sabbatical as you uh, step in and take his place. But 
you know, there are listeners out there who do miss Cartoon Joe from time to time, but he's not really gone. So if uh, our listeners still need to catch Cartoon Joe, where can they go? If you need Cartoon Joe, you can find him over the GeekCast Live podcast at violentpress.com. You can also find him on Facebook, iTunes, Spotify, and Twitter by searching GeekCast Live. Perfect. Guys, make sure uh, you check out the Freaky Cemetery vlogs that we are releasing over on our YouTube channel, Freak Nut Studios. Make sure you subscribe and hit the notification bell over there. And, of course, you uh, make sure you follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just by searching this freaking show and listen to our podcast wherever you do, on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, wherever you find it. Make sure you just subscribe. Give us a rating and review wherever uh, they apply because that does help us out as well. That's right. And as always, listeners. Yeah, that's right. Thanks, Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I appreciate the, uh, was it, it's not the, the app, is it? Oh, affirmation, is that what it oh, is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that works. Excellent. Yeah. As always, I am Travis D. And I'm the Freak Joe. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of this freaky show. I'm out.